Welcome to episode number 73 of the Movement Wins podcast, formerly the Coffee with Joffy podcast. Today I have two guests and we are going to be talking about some fitness hacks. And these are no strangers to the podcast, both making their hat trick appearance, I believe. It is Kifo Mali Farrell from the Physical Training Company and Craig from Base 3. How are we doing, guys? Good. Awesome. How are you doing, right. We've just been discussing there how long it's been since any of us have really done any podcasting, so we might be a bit rusty on this one. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I think Josh said the video's not going to come out, so you can't see Keith's dogs cruising around in the background. <laughs> I can send you. You might hear it. Yeah, you might hear him. Anything could happen now. Okay, so the theme of this podcast is fitness hacks. I sent you guys a message a little while back. Um, and the idea behind it being more of like a round robin, com- uh, round round the table conversation here. We just come up with some things that we have found useful for our own training, for working with clients. Obviously, all been in the fitness space for uh, an ain't a long time, kind of like antiques in there now. So, things that we found have worked, things that people might find um, useful in terms of like time management and getting motivated and tips and tricks in the gym. So, I guess we'll just open it up and get straight into it. Has anybody got anything they want to start with, Craig? Well, I when you said uh, productivity, I think I've just become really, really lazy with my training. So I've just kind of found loads of loads of ways to get the most done in the least amount of time. So things like um, um, if you've got like five sets to do, for example, and you don't want to spend like three sets warming up and then work for your five sets, I've just started incorporating warm ups into my working sets. So instead of going, okay, I'm going to warm up for 15 minutes and I'm going to do lifting for like 45 minutes and I'm going to do a little bit of conditioning for 15 minutes. I've just been kind of like blending all that together. So doing my strength work whilst warming up and then doing some conditioning work whilst I'm finishing off and just getting done in like 40, 45 minutes. And it's just a a cool way to come up with, you can still get a little bit of strength return and a little bit of sweat and a fitness in. So a typical um, like workout might be, I'm going to start doing start on the bike and then just go straight into sled pushes. And whilst I'm resting after the sled pushes, do some glute bridges and dead bugs whilst I'm resting. And then you're getting your strength return from your sled push in. You're getting your heart rate up on the bike beforehand. And then by the time you've gone through two or three rounds of that, you could go do some back squats and everything's firing, everything's good. But you've already started tapping into your, your strength workout and your fitness workout. And then start finishing your squats, then go off and do some single leg strength stuff and then get back on the bike in between your sets of single leg stuff. And just for me, like mentally having, not having an hour to train. And this is something I know you struggle with as well, Joff, is having time to train. Is if I, if I know my session is only going to be 45 minutes and I can get everything I can fit into 45 minutes versus going, oh, I don't quite have 60 minutes. So I might not get my squats done and I might not get this done I'll, so that I won't do anything else. It's just a real cool way to start merging stuff together. And I think I'm, I'm a big proponent of warming up, I think. Um, I call it prep work. So prepare for what you're about to do. But I also think you can really overthink that as well. It's kind of just chucking that into your first first bit of your training and just crack on with it and just start moving and see what happens. Seems to work for me really well. That's definitely something that I've found recently, like over the last couple of years, like timing. But that's obviously, I think that's, I think you'll agree that's the number one um, kind of barrier to exercise for a lot of people, just finding the time to do it. And obviously we all three of us kind of run like that class environment. So someone coming into a class, they have that structure, but I think that's a really like brilliant tip for anybody who's potentially going to the gym by themselves and uh, doesn't have that structure of a class. 
Yeah, and even we've I've run classes that way before as well, and it just seems to work. Is just like building, um, like you can a lot. Some people definitely can't go straight into like pushing a heavy sled no without any prior warm up. But I definitely think you can start workouts a little bit more aggressively, provided there's good good exercise selection and um and it's relevant. And I definitely think you can kind of be a bit more aggressive at the start and end of your workout to save yourself a little bit of time. Um, obviously, if you have the time, then warm up properly and, and split up your training correctly is probably the ideal way to train. But if you are short on time, I just think that's a sweet way to fit a bit more fitness in. But I guess that's kind of, uh, kind of like a hyper specific example to to me. And I don't know what you boys, how you guys are going with your training. Like, obviously, there's a lot of time coaching people and running gyms and stuff that training is not the priority for me. So if I can find a little hack to get it done in 45 minutes and then crack on then. Just it's one, self. one. Go on, Keith. I was going to say it's so funny, isn't it? Because I, I'm pretty sure we have different ways of personally training. You know, like I couldn't think of anything worse than a pushing a sled or any of that stuff. Like I'm just a standard, like meat and veg sets of eight, twelve, fifteen. Grab the weight, superset, take a rest, like old, like meathead training. But aside from what gets done in the session, everything you've just said, Craig, is exactly the same as I approach it as well. Both personally and with clients is like. After the lockdown, having spent so much time sedentary when all you want to do is get heavy weights in your hand, I remember thinking, I want to do five, six, seven sessions a week. And I'm not going to be able to recover from those sessions if I do them the same way I did them 18 months ago, or whatever it was, six months before. So I set myself 30-minute sessions. I was like, let me just hit 30-minute sessions because I can recover from that. And that's not going to hinder me training tomorrow. If I put an hour down on paper... I'm going to be so sore tomorrow. I'm not going to do tomorrow's session. And that's that's not what I want. I want to get back, shift and weight, blah, blah, blah. So when I put down 30-minute sessions, they then took me 40, 45 minutes, and I did a little bit extra somewhere in the midst, just a little bit of fun here and there. So that's personally, that's what I've kept to my training because now then with the aspect of busyness being a different reason as to why an hour session in my schedule, in my mind, takes up an hour and a half, two hours. Just in my thinking about, I've got to do like a bit of a warm up before. I've got to stop my what I'm doing, close the laptop, go get changed, sort my shit out, train for the hour, and then catch my breath after. Sit down, drink a bit, shower, da da da. da. So I'm looking at right. That could be. I don't have two hours today, to, so I can't train today. So what I would just do is keep that half hour structure and it would still blend into that 40, 45 minute end result time. And then on the days where I'm not really feeling or feeling under par, like setting yourself out a structured warm up where you don't have to think it's the same kind of thing each time. And I do this with my clients specifically. Uh whatever it is, your, your movement drills, your, 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 your stretches, your movement patterns, your foam roll, whatever it is, your, your, your six or seven minutes that when you're not feeling it, you can stretch it to 10, 15 minutes. Or if you're really hammering it under pressure, you can shorten it, but at least you're getting it done. But what will happen is in the middle of that, you transform from somebody who wasn't really in the mood for training to someone now who's like kind of nervously nervous systems lit up a little bit, you know, temperatures up, mind is starting to think about the session and, that then helps me go from, all right, I'm maybe not really going to feel like training today, but let me just do a little bit over there. I'll just do that thing I'm used to doing. Turn my brain off. Before my brain tunes into the session, I finish the warm up, and it's like, all right, well now I might as well do a bit because I've, I've just warmed up. So I might as well just, I'll just do one set of one double set or one super set or whatever I'll do, something easy. And then by the time that's finished, it's 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, well, 
I'm fully training now. I'll just try and shorten this end bit, squash it all in and do that session I was going to do. And I know that I'm going to be like that. So the next day when I'm feeling like crap, I'm like, I know that if I can just get onto that ramp of just ramp is a little pun there. I didn't mean if you, if you know your warm up <laughs> fitness jargon, <laughs> um, the idea of if I can just get my brain into that pathway, then I'll be fine in 45 minutes. I was in a solid session. So let me just quit my own and quit complaining because I know the outcome is going to be like a full session. So warm up, stretch, tick the box, and then heart rates up. And then you finish the session. It's like, I knew that would happen. So I, that's going to be me now for the next six to 12 months until something else comes up. Nice. Yeah. I think we're all in, all in agreement with that. So that's a great first one, Craig. Let me jump in with the second one. And this is something, um, this is more to do with someone who is perhaps at the beginning of their fitness journey or someone who's not able to stay consistent with their training. And it's an idea from uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits, which is habit stacking. And um, I think habit stacking is a brilliant way of getting someone into a basic routine of consistently exercising. Um, and what habit stacking is, is that you stack a habit that maybe you really enjoy doing and you stack it on top of a habit that you don't necessarily get that enjoyment, that much enjoyment doing, but you know that is important. So exercise is a perfect example of that. So what you can do is if you can, te- if you can partner up exercise with something else that you enjoy, then you're going to increase the chances of you doing that. Now, let me give you an example of, of a personal one for me. And it's one that I've spoke about in previous podcasts. Um, I run 10K on the weekends with two friends and running's not the most favorite thing for me. Um, but I know that I definitely want to get one long run in a week. And what I do is I run with my two friends on a Saturday morning. We run fairly early considering I haven't got to get off of work. Um, you know, in the summer, six o'clock in the winter time, it's more like seven o'clock. But the thing that I look forward to most is not the run. It's actually just going for a coffee and chatting to those guys after for 30 minutes. And for me, that's just stacking it on top. I can't, I'm never going to just meet those two lads for a coffee. I mean, I could, but we just wouldn't for a coffee and a catch up. But the fact that we run first, we have a bit of a chat as we're running around and then we have that coffee. Like Every now and again, I have to sneak off a little bit earlier. I'm kind of like gutted. I have to go and do uh, like disappear and go to work and things like that. So that's an example. And it just got me thinking that if someone is literally doing zero exercise and the thing that motivates them to go to the gym twice a week is the fact that they can pair out with, you know, go into a Starbucks drive-thru after or, you know, go into a restaurant with a, with a friend. I just think, yes, they need to be maybe a little bit more considerate about, you know, don't go eating loads of donuts after your training. You don't want to kind of sabotage what you've already done. But I think there is things that you can do that pairing them up will really make a difference. Yeah, I think that's an obvious, oh, well, not an obvious one for most people, but for us, it's in a very obvious obvious prescription to be like, oh, you you do the thing, you get the thing. So you've got to do this to earn this. I think that's a, a, a solid one. But like I said, as long as people don't abuse it and then, go to Cheesecake Factory every time they work out, then I think as long as they understand the the parameters. And and again, it might not be like for you, coffee and a social experience is something that's very positive. Um, and it might not necessarily be, they might force themselves to do something they don't like doing and it might lead them to do something else that they don't necessarily enjoy doing, but it's something that they know is good for them. It just creates a good habit. So like in the book, um, I think they just start with like, putting your running shoes on and then you're more likely to go to the run so creating a habit that leads you to the habit that you want to get in the habit of doing is another way of doing it too so yeah i think that's a solid one kind of think what mine would be i don't think i've got any habits i'm trying but yeah for me with the similar to your run with your mates and sitting down after 
uh, I couldn't think of anything worse than getting on a bike and cycling for, for however long. But when I started to go to Maidan, just get drag myself there just through like white knuckling it, I realized that there was a little, little smoothie place just at the edge that when you're finished, sit down and delicious, amazing smoothie. So there's the evenings where I'm like, right, I'm going to do this, do the cycle and then, you know, get the, uh, get the smoothie after. So it's, it's kind of similar to what you said, but that then can lead on to what you said, Craig, about the next sort of the next order consequence would then be the, well, I've done that. So now I'm going to do the second good thing. Like I'm not going to have that takeaway tonight. You know, this night is usually the night I'd have a takeaway, but I'm after putting the shift in earlier with the guys. I've done this one good thing. Now I'm going to do a second good thing and I'm going to steamroll it on. Um, and like a lot of that, a lot of that comes second nature to us. Um, and we take it for granted, I'd say, because it, it also adds another pressure from the side of like, as we would be fitness companies and gym destinations that like, there's almost an onus on us to be able to create that for people, you know, so that yes, the training is the central point of what we're, what the people are showing up for, but uh, there needs to be more than just get on the scales. What way do you today? Ah, oh, you're not where you wanted to be. Here's like, here's your gym session. Let's go make up for that. You know, we have to create that environment. And I think some, some people do it well. Some gyms do it well. Some places it's the, the members just get lost in a, in a globo gym type of place, you know, where they don't have that. So I think, uh, being very aware that I never, I never learned about that as what did you call it? Habit stacking. Yeah. Habit stacking from uh, atomic habit is I read it. Yeah. I think, I think we will probably do things like that without realizing, do you know? Do you, I, I haven't read atomic habit for ages, but um, is it, I don't know how much they talk about the opposite of that, about how one bad thing leads to another bad thing. And um, so obviously like, go for a run, earn your reward is a positive reinforcement. But then how, what about using it as a negative? So if you, if you do this, then this happens. And then every time, so a friend of mine said it, instead of scrolling on his phone, every time if he like flicks open Instagram, he's got to go read a page of a book. So it's kind of like a punishment with a positive reinforcement. And I've got people doing that, but doing like, um, this is not people that have an Instagram problem. People have a posture problem. So just doing like a YTW. So like throw your hands overhead in a Y shape, down, T shape, and then a W shape. So like a, just a real simple posture exercise every time you open your phone. And just to create like use a daily habit to try and create a positive habit. So again, like you might not be going on your phone to waste your time. It might be a very legit reason you're not procrastinating. But every time you swipe your phone open, when you close it, you've got to do a YTW and you probably end up getting 60 to 100 reps in a day. And I keep telling people to do this and no, no one's listening to me. I think everyone thinks I'm joking, but I swear if you just did like 60 YTWs a day, you'd probably have much better posture. I'm uh, I'm fairly sure that that, yeah, that habit stacking works both ways. It's almost on like a sliding scale. So I think yeah. it would be just picking that easy thing that's, that you want to do and then just partnering up with something else. All right, um, Keith, have you got one for us? Your first fitness hack? Well, well interesting what you just said, Craig, about like, if you have a social media problem, pair it with this other thing or for the posture problem, pair it with something you do commonly. So just taking that on a, on a, on a tangent, what I've done for myself, and I've said this to a few people and I haven't followed up, but what I've done for myself is following an intermittent fasting kind of style of eating where I won't eat until midday and I will stop eating at whatever time in the evening. I've also had 
days and weeks where I've also chunked my social media usage to that same usage. So I can't go online until, so I started with 9 a.m. every day. Like we're up at five. I don't know about you guys. We're up at five. Gym's open before six. Like it's so easy just to take your phone out and there's nothing happens online between 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. that you can't get at 9 a.m. and then put it away until like midday, you know? Like morning stuff, stuff doesn't happen. You don't need to see people a thousand miles away and what they're doing. It's not gonna, it's not gonna shift your morning along. So I started to, I wasn't able to go on social media until I'd eaten, you know? So the first time I would eat, I'd also take my phone out because now I'm trying to get away from all my work stuff. I'm trying to also not eat at my desk, eat at my emails, you know? So I'm trying to get as far away from the work stuff when I'm having a meal. So that's when I'll open up Instagram and have a, have a scroll or whatever. It hasn't always worked that way. And you can probably see by some of the, some of the times that I post. But uh, it's a useful exercise. You're like, right, these two things are going to go together. When I eat, I'll go online. When I stop eating, I'm not going to go on my phone after whatever time in the evening. I find that's been quite useful as a little hack. So I, I've gone one like even further than that like people think i'm joking when i say it, but i delete instagram every single night and i delete it multiple times a day like i actually delete the app now the app only takes 10 seconds to download but there's a barrier there and it's the barrier that i need that stops me from when i swipe over just automatically go over to click on instagram the app's not there i'm like right i shouldn't be using it now and then i oh. same thing i tried i tried to use it you know after my morning's done maybe around 10, 11 o'clock, I'll switch in. And, you know, I convinced myself it's for the business and things like that. But of course, I'm going on there for personal use and having a scroll as well. You could just get sick. What posture games just do YTWs all the time. I'm halfway between them. So I've in on an iPhone, you can go in and change your settings to restrict access during certain times. So I can't go on any of my like fun apps between, um, I think I set it from 5 a.m. till 2 p.m. So... By 2 p.m., kind of like you, Keith, is I'm thinking like I can get through all of my important work that is can't be distracted by social media by two. And then after two, I can do social media stuff. And that's even work stuff as well. I just do that in the afternoon or any or any personal stuff. It's because kind of leave that to the afternoon. But the problem with that is you've got a real good willpower because it comes up as a time limit, but there's a button to ignore it for 15 minutes. And I think it's too easy just to flip the ignore button. But again, like you, Jock, if it's not there, you take 10 seconds to go and download it. But just that reminder of like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Get off it. And just go and do something productive. Yeah. It's so, so that social media problem. It's it's so crazy that we're captured by this stuff. Like, think about when we were kids. I don't know about you guys, but got but like people in their late thirties when I was a kid was a full blown adult. You know, like going to work, yeah. doing all these things, and you know, paying car insurance and arranging everything for the for the family and stuff. And here we are talking about how. We don't like looking at photographs online. It's it's so mental. Oh, no, it's terrible. Right, moving on quickly then, Craig. Next one. Um, I, I've i been doing loads of... Um, this, and it's health, but it's not necessarily fitness related. Is I've been trying to get... Um, so I went through this phase of... You know how all the main the fitness gurus talk about these five things? And it's like sleep, nutrition, moving, social connection, and then like sun exposure. They're kind of like the main five things for health. 
And I was sat chatting with my wife one day and I was just like, I don't buy it. And she's like, what do you mean you don't buy it? Like everyone who's anybody says these five things are key to help. And I was like, yeah, I do all these things. I feel like shit. And she's like, well, yeah, you put like 20% of them. So I audited it. I created a Google sheet and I set like what I think would be 100%. So eight hours of sleep, five meals a day and a junk food, uh, sunlight twice a day for 10 minutes, four liters of water and all these goals. And that was like 100%. And then realistically, what 80% would look like what 60 40 and 20% would look like and just tracked it all on the sheet and actually it was what is it Josh what gets measured gets what is it managed yeah managed yeah. that's it so then just did like an audit of my life um all my lifestyle stuff and training I, and it wasn't like how many minutes of training I did it was the quality of my training so I had a definition of it was uh, enjoyable balance I stuck to the program I trained with people and it didn't destroy me now it ticked all five of those boxes I got full marks for training that day and then the goal was to try and sit above 80%. So I created this sheet, just Google sheet, and just plotted it in every day. And at the end of the month, you get a, a percentage. So that was real cool for me. It's just like an order A, just to see what I was actually doing. And once you're measuring stuff, it gets kind of easier to, to stick to stuff. And I think if you're not tracking stuff, and the other big part of that is I had a buddy keep me accountable. So we meet every Wednesday and he looks at the sheet and then gives me shit if I'm not at 80%. But just the, to sit and look and go, okay, what am I actually doing versus what I think I'm doing? And then just to track it and have someone keep you accountable made it ways to stick to it. And I've been doing that for this entire year, started that January the 1st, and hit 81% and 79%. So in this month, I'm on track to be at 80%. And that was my goal to get to 80% with the first quarter. So there's a couple in there. It's, it's ref- actually doing a bit of an audit of your life and seeing where you actually are. And because you, you can really clearly see where you're dropping the ball with like, oh, my sleep's really crap or my connection's really poor. I'm not getting the steps in. Is That's one part of it. The accountability is another part of it, which I think is really important. Um, and people come to the gym, we're account- they're accountable to us, but us as coaches, we I find it's important as well. To have accountability and then um, the last one was the being realistic and not aiming for 100% and accepting 80% and just having a realistic goal so that's kind of three that I've been doing for the uh, the year that now we're three months into it almost I can say like a lot of those habits are now ingrained so getting up and getting some sunlight during the day instead of just sat down in the gym all the time my water consumption's bang on when we're mindful with sleep my eating's real dialed in training makes more sense to me right now and it's kind of haven't really changed anything. I probably put about 10% effort into each of these areas and got like a 50% return on how I feel, how I trade, my mood and just everything in life just seems to be going a lot better just from creating this little Google sheet. So a couple of hacks that you can take away there, create a Google sheet, track your life, see what happens. Yeah, I think that's um, all really good points there. They're like kind of the the obvious things that we know we should be doing, but I guess just doing that auditing thing is is a big part of that. And I think people you people say they do it. And this is, I was guilty of this. And this is why I went down this rabbit hole is you think you do. Like, yeah, I drink enough water. Yeah, I train and I train. I do quality training and I get enough steps in every day. But if you actually look at and average out your week, how honest, honestly, how how often did you hit your, what you think are your targets for yourself? And it's probably not as often as you think. Until you actually go in there and track and have a look and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, we're missing a bit. That's probably why I don't feel as good. Yeah, I think the nice. thing you said in there as well, which is important, is you, you when you're talking about your training, you briefly said that you do a bit and you don't destroy yourself. Mm. So, like, I think that's a massive thing for people who are trying to comprehend getting back into fitness or building out fitnesses. You don't always, you like, you, like, you can do a bit 
tick the box and then that sets you on a journey where you're going to improve on that and in a few weeks or a few months you're going to be able to be doing more as opposed to people kind of think that i'm not going to start until it's perfect so let me just arrange all these other things and let me wait till i can fit in these three or four times a week because i really want to do this this what trained the way i used to train 15 20 years ago and they never really get started because you're waiting for this like optimal time where your sleep is good. So I'm going to wait till my sleep is good. I'm going to wait till my other thing is good. I'm going to wait till the kids are old enough. I'm going to wait till I get time in the morning or whatever. Um, but there's, there's, uh, there's a lot to be said for, you know, just doing it a little bit. But one, one of the hacks that I've been thinking about, so what you've done is the Google sheet, data-driven sort of, there it is in front of you. Let's go and delve deep into the numbers and stuff, which is great. But for me, that's something that I would I wouldn't stick to that. I'd just be like, oh, I'm not opening this Google sheet again. It, I'm not. But that's that. why you need the accountability. Yeah. That's the only way because I'm the same as you. I need someone who's also going to be there to give me shit as well in a, in, yeah. a, in a constructive way. But what we, what we tried to do a while ago. So one of the things actually that definitely worked for the accountability for us with our kind of weight loss six week, 12 week programs was almost every single person struggled in their first seven days to 10 days and when they started and i wouldn't recommend this to people outside of a structured support program when they started weighing themselves every single day they held themselves accountable to that weight that morning and their diet and their performance that day was much better Uh, i'm not saying people should weigh themselves every day because that can lead to wild and erratic thoughts but when you have a support system around you that means you're going to like you have this very tight plan where you need to hit this many steps. You need to not have these many calories, but you need to have these many calories. You need to get more protein and less of that stuff. When they held themselves accountable to weighing in, they all, and I would say definitely 70%, if not 80% of people, it just, it's like a, a switch flicked in their weight loss journey. And they started to drop weight just by simply weighing in every day along with the support. Um, and that's kind of that accountability. Like they're, 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 they're checking in with themselves and then reporting to somebody else. No, that, that weighing in every day, I think really works. Like I've done that with clients in the past as well, but like you said, someone needs to have good understanding around body fluctuations and things like that. So as long as they have that, I think it's quite a powerful tool. Um, okay. Moving on to the next one, then I'm going to do, I'm going to do two in one. So first one is a really obvious one. And I'm, I'm sure you guys will agree as well. Just if someone's lacking motivation, uh, buy some new gym kit. <laughs> like, and I did this recently. So I've upgraded to wearing some Lululemon now. Ooh. Not sponsored either. Just went and got myself a vest. Long story short, I thought I was going to have to, I've canceled my Etsy Salat bill and now I'm with Virgin. So I had 250 dirhams spare that I thought I was going to have to pay to Etsy Salat, which I didn't. <laughs> this is far too much detail. So I bought myself a Lululemon vest and uh, I couldn't wait to train. <laughs> I just got the vest on. Now I've got a tattoo as well. I was like, right, vest is going on and I'm going to train. And I bought Guns another out. one last week and now I'm wearing that one to the gym. So I think there is something to be said there. Obviously you can't buy some, well, some people can, but you're probably not aiming to buy gym gear every time you want to go and train. So that was one if someone's just looking for like just a quick flash of motivation. New gym kit is always a good one. Trainers, tops, things like that. And I'll just Thanks, partner up with this one because Craig's interested is one of my hacks is American Eagle Socks. And um, they're the best socks that you can get for training in, for just general lifestyle and things like that. So I wear the, I wear like the small foot socks, the the ones that are hidden. And um, I've gone through many brands before and I just hate it when they just slip off 
for your feet because they're not supported enough at the heel. Happens all the time. Whereas the American Eagle ones, the rubber at the back is solid and it, you're, they don't move. They just stay there. They look smart. It just says American Eagle on the end. You can get some nice colors. They're cheap enough as well. And uh, I think everybody should be investing in some American Eagle socks. <laughs> there you go. Mate, I would, That's I, it. I'm the Lost very answer to that. Yes. Over Christmas, I was back in Dublin. I went into Primark. I bought three set, three bundles of five sets of plain white ankle socks and plain black ankle socks. Primark, cheap as your chips. I can't remember how much they were, but they were not American Eagle price. Probably they cost the same as one American Eagle sock. So I have 15. They're in the drawer. So when I'm getting dressed in the dark, I just have to figure <laughs> out am I wearing black shoes or white shoes today? Grab the black ones, put them on. That's all that's in my sock drawer. And uh, they don't quite have the rubber on the back, but I don't struggle. I know what you mean by the struggle under the heel. That's a nightmare. But I don't suffer that with these. And when I Yeah, do- like uh, I've, I've, I believe in the investment. So that's me sold now. <laughs> um if you're willing to try the under armor with the little uh they've got the little uh, rubber bit on the back on the inside i got under armor ankle socks which i've worn that all they're like pretty much as bad as they can get without having holes in them i've worn them that much but that's my my sock is the underarm one i didn't realize you were talking about a training sock i thought there was going to be some sort of life hack to how good american eagle socks are but oh, no, that's it that's it Keith, what's uh, next? Well, on the motivation one, I would, I would go, I would take a different line as well. Like, not to say what you said is anything wrong with that, but for us, what we do, what we try and do with our guys is put some, get them to commit to a massive goal, you know? So they've got their small goal of losing a bit of weight here and there, but it's like, right, let's, let's just get it down on paper. Let's just like, what do you, what motivation do you need? Uh, obviously people are motivated differently. So some people are just never going to buy into this, but we try and just get people to like, if you have any inkling and as soon as it slips out and I get, I get called up on this in the gym a lot. As soon as a little goal slips out, someone says, Oh, 10 K I'm like, boom, got it. That's down. That's written. That's it. 10 K. Right. What are we doing? And I'm going to harass them for a year until they've got that 10 K done. You know, like they're not get Cause I think that there's a lot of truth in those little slip ups. And there's a, like, maybe I would do a thing. All right, boom, that's it. That's going down until you can give me something better. That's what we're working towards. And the only way to get out of this is by picking something bigger, better, scarier, or more meaningful. Like you need to, you need to get me off this trajectory and we'll go to do something else. Because I think a lot of people have goals deep down when they're like watching Netflix or they're on YouTube. Oh, that'd be cool to do. That'd be cool to do. But they don't have that belief in themselves that they're potentially a person who could achieve that. So they don't want to say it. This person is slightly overweight. They don't believe they could do this thing. They're going to sound stupid if they say it. But oops, slipped out in a conversation. Right, gotcha. That's going down. So and then, and then we effectively just make them do it. So then when they don't come into the gym for however long, it's like, right, where are you? Like, I hope you're practicing for the thing that you that we that I've been telling you about for the last six months. Like, have you done it yet? I'm like, oh no. I was like, all right, well, we're not letting go of this. And then they basically have to ghost me before I'll stop harassing them about it <laughs> and then someone and then someone goes i'm gonna row a million meters yeah. uh yeah it was a million meters yeah 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 a million meters, yeah. that happened <laughs> no i i was i was very privy to doing that back in the day just shouting out stuff and i was a much i was much more committed than i had a couple of failed attempts i was going to climb climb the height of everest was one i wanted to do and i gave up on that and then i wanted to plank for an hour <laughs> And I got to a 15 minute plank and it was like, it was horrible. I just like, 
I don't actually want to do this. So yeah. No, I can't imagine your lever length is gonna is gonna be a nice experience going for 15 minutes on a plank. Well, how are you gonna climb the Everest height? What was your like... um I was just climbing climbing the rope, just um oh, 12 foot rope in the gym. I just I worked out it was like something ridiculous. And it was how high is the rope? I think that was uh I think I was practicing on a 12 foot rope and then i think i was going to go down to alley off and use air because it was higher but to be honest it was just it wrecked my feet so bad doing it like i didn't have any of the right equipment and i just yeah i lost motivation on that one pretty quickly it's not a bad time climb is vicious though that was the last thing i was expecting you to just say um, <laughs> i would have thought you would have said like a jacob's ladder or something brutal but a rope climb is wild jacob's ladder the burj Khalifa. there you go yeah oh, yeah that wouldn't take that long 800 meters You'd have to do 11 times that to do Everest. Oof. That'll take you a while. Um, so right, let's go with, um, let's wrap it up in maybe five or six minutes. So let's, we can do more of like a quick fire round. Let's do one more each. Um, and then we can always do a part two of this as well, because I've got some more to do as well. But Craig? You go, Joff. Uh, what have I got here? So this, <laughs> this one is, I've just written down, work out as soon as possible on a Monday if you have a two-day hangover. Oof, um, that one up. so i just um if i go out drinking on a saturday i do brunch i'm hungover on a sunday sunday I'm, I'm not in work it's my day off i don't intend on going to the gym like that's generally like my rest day um regardless so then monday i usually work solid in the morning you know go home and have lunch and things like that and sometimes i don't get to train until like seven o'clock in the evening or five o'clock in the evening bye I instantly feel better once I've trained. I don't know if it's just a mindset thing of just moving a little bit and sweating, but I've got like a two day hangover and it's just creeping into Monday and I'm just at that, you know, bit of a fuzzy head. As soon as I work out, it's gone. So what I try to do, you might be thinking, why don't you just do it on a Sunday? I don't think that works, but if I'm able to work out on a Monday morning, as soon as I wake up, if I've got space, I will do that and it will sort me out straight away. I'm sure the Sunday would work. There's nothing, I don't think there's, I can think of very few occasions where working out didn't make something better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's not even, I'm not even like smashing myself either. It's just a nice, gentle, like just moving, just movement. Find really helps. Yeah, I'm very out of practice. So I'm probably in the ground <laughs> of like four day hangovers at the moment. So yeah, I, I'm the same. I'm like from just from a mental health perspective, I get seriously down like come the evening time after a night out, after, just after one night out, not even a heavy night out. So I kind of bargain with myself that no matter what happens, I'm definitely going for a run the evening after I go drinking. So that A, makes me not drink so much because I actually know that I will definitely go for the run because I'm going to feel so bad in the evening time that I need to like turn those chemicals back positive because even like it's a wild mental health situation where Saturday afternoon, I have 10 problems in my life. Sunday afternoon after night out, I have a hundred, you know, and I know that though, I'm like, what, I didn't have what these. What do you do when you go out? <laughs> oh no, that's not those kind of problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, not anymore. Um, but now like it's just the whole world is way more dark and way more dreary. And if I go for a run, it gets back down to 10. I'm like, oh, what, was it, what was I talking about? So for me, and then on Monday, Monday's my rest day because I'm so busy at work that I've just, I've written off any training on a Monday, no matter what. But I totally get your uh, your mindset, like your, your plan there. 
I think this is this isn't a, again a fitness one, more of a health one. But um, is so I get up at five a.m. I have to get up at five a.m. every day to be in the gym ready to open up for six. So I always set my alarm for four forty-five, and that way is fifteen minutes of the day is mine before anyone takes anything from me. So when you get here and people are asking you stupid questions or people want your time, like before you have to do anything, is the first fifteen minutes of the day is do something for yourself. And often you can you can waste that time. Usually I make coffee, so I'm a bit of a coffee snob and I take my time making a coffee. But then when I'm onto it, a little bit of reading or meditating or breath work for those first 50 minutes of the day. And that way, like no matter what happens, if your day falls to shit for the rest of the day, your first 15 minutes was for you. I think it's a really just positive way to start the day. And again, that might be for exercise. If you've got a really busy day where you can't exercise, instead of getting up at seven because uh, to get ready for work, get up at 6.30 and do 30 minutes of exercise before the day starts is I just think do something for yourself before the day takes time away from you. Like I think it. that's, I've done that for years now. And I think that's just like, I live by that. I, I would get that my own time in with the dog. So I'd have to take the dog out in the morning and it's the same thing. There's, like, there's nobody else out that stage. There's no one's going to bother me. It's just, just clear the head, get the body moving and then just, yeah, have that time. Yeah, nice. All right, Keith, have you got one more for us? Yeah, so I was thinking like, when you when you start thinking about fitness hacks it being in the fitness industry being so close to it like you kind of think uh you know what what marginal gains am i going to go for by having this supplement beta alanine before my thing and then i do the other thing and that's lost on so many other people who don't have a clue what you're talking about like and all these life hacks these these heavy youtube videos these six hacks to change there's from the fitness people they can really miss the point like if you just talk to people I'm sure your demographics in your gym, like what do they struggle with when they're not at the gym? And typically it's just finding time to train. Um, you kind of already talked about like shortening your workout period, blah, blah, blah. But for people, they, they have an hour class or they have a 45, 50 minute hour class. So they do need to drive time to the gym. They need that time and they need to drive home time. So, so it's, it's not as easy as what we said earlier on for, for many people who don't work at a gym. So what I figured was when you, if you get help sit with people and like write out their day, like remember when we were in school and we had scheduled, you had your 9 a.m. class, you had your 9.45 class, your whatever the time it was, everything got done. And it got done in a much more concise time because you had breaks. You had like, not breaks, but you had like stops on your time schedule. So for sitting with people or for people themselves to write out their day, write out their week, literally as if you had an appointment with each of these activities every day so you got to get up at this time for the kids the kids have to be at the school by this time you'll start to see that either your day is packed and you haven't got a chance to train so now you're going to have to sacrifice something so once you all have it all down in front of you what is the thing you could sacrifice or what can you move around or what's just not quite as important as the exercise is going to be for you in the future like which bit because you have because if it's not in if there's not a time slot you have to sacrifice something so that the when there's so much things going on you it's hard to figure it out but if it's down in front of you monday went monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday where can we fit this in and then you can help people go away don't sacrifice sleep because you're not getting enough so you're gonna have to look at something else that then helps people just at least begin to also understand that they can actually be more efficient with their time that's not in the gym so they can that whatever it is they have to do a thousand jobs a week they can trim the fat off a lot of it and actually make some comfortable time, whether it's walking, whether it's gymming, whether it's cycling, whatever it is, there's actually quite a bit of time in around the week. If we, if we lock it, lock it down tightly. 
Yeah, I think that's that's really important. Um, the I had that today. I some stuff came up. I had training in my diary, and I had loads of other things, including doing this podcast now. And like training was the first one that went. And like I'm someone who's passionate about training, so for sure, someone who probably doesn't want to do the exercise in the first place, for sure, that's the first thing that's going to disappear in their list. It's the self-sacrifice, isn't it? Like you put yourself last if you're a parent or if you're a mom or if you're whoever, you know, like you, you'll give that up first to help other people with their stuff, which is one way of, of living. But if you can find someone else to do to help, does it have to be you that helps with that? Or can someone else do that to give you more time over here? Do you know, when you have that conversation with people, they start to unpack and un, like unravel that they do actually have other people that can do other jobs. Do you know, there's a, there's a there's a another parent at the school who lives nearby you can take turns you know there's there's loads of little mini solutions that helps people create more time that's perfect right i think we'll leave it there this definitely leaves it open for some uh, more hacks in the future so thanks very much for your time both of you cheers, cheers. jeffy